Broken crayons. Broken crayons. Broken crayons still color. This is the Broken Crayons Still Color Podcast with your host, Shelly Hitz. Each episode contains an inspiring story of hope and healing in Christ. Many times, what we see as our biggest regrets, failures, and mistakes become what God uses the most in our lives. God is able to transform our brokenness into something more beautiful than we can even imagine. He takes our mess and creates a masterpiece. You see, Broken Crayons Still Color. Welcome back to the Broken Crayons Still Color podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Hitz, and today my guest is Kim Hawkins. Welcome, Kim. Thank you, Shelly. Glad you had me. And Kim, yes, and Kim, thank you so much for your courage and your willingness to share your story, because I say this often, that there are certain things in this life, I just believe we will never understand this side of heaven. And I I think your story is one of those. (laughs) Um, In today's episode, you know, Kim's going to share very honestly the pain and betrayal that she faced being molested as a tween. But not only that, it was the pain and betrayal because it happened from somebody that was from her church family, somebody she trusted. And I know some of you can, can relate to this. And so I know it will be a powerful story, but it's so difficult on so many levels. And yet Kim is here today to share her journey of hope and healing in Christ. So Kim, as we get started, can you just share a little bit about your story and what the broken crayons look like in your life? The interesting thing is it's kind of like once you share one thing, you open up something and then all of a sudden you start to lose your your fear of sharing and you realize the impact and value of it. And so I had shared something else that was painful and hard. And so with this thing that you mentioned in one of your things in doing the book, when we were listening to the chapters, you mentioned about how the layers start to peel back like an yes. onion. Yes. And I kept digging deeper and I found that this story was kind of part of where the hurt and healing process needed to begin because wow. of what happened then. Wow. Uh, so with this story, you know, there was a, a family, a single mom raising her son, and she would always invite to have other kids over to spend time with her son, you know, because, you know, to give him company, to give her a break. Right. Other, and at the time, there were three kids in my family, my brother, my sister, and myself. And, you know, we did all kinds of things, you know, we set up tents and just, you know, kid stuff, you know, right. but we're different ages. And he was a little bit older than us. He was a teenager. Like I said, I was a tween. And at, we got to a point where there was a certain sleeping arrangement. And I was like, okay, I don't know about this. Uh, you know, yeah. we had our little sleeping bags and everything, but it was, and then it got to, you know, the touching the girl. And I was, I didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. And the reason I was afraid to tell anyone at that particular time, there was a young teenage girl in our church who had gotten pregnant. Oh, and there wow. was so much scandal around that, that, oh, you know, wow. okay, she's fast, she's this. And so I didn't want to be with that girl. I didn't want to be considered that, you know, I didn't want, I didn't do anything to bring this on to myself. I wasn't out chasing boys, so right. I, 
I, I didn't know where to go with it. And so I buried it. You know, you know, I think so many people right now listening can completely relate to your story. You know, there's so many people that have, have never even recognized that it was sexual abuse or that, you know, it was, you know, something that was part of their story or, you know, never told I was like that. You know, I had an instance of sexual abuse. I never told anyone. I just, I just went on. And like you said, I just buried it. And so what would you say was the lowest point in, in that season of your life? Well, when I realized that it was a bigger issue, I started bedwetting. Oh, wow. So I'm like, okay, now when I'm at my own home, I'm bedwetting. And of course, you know, it's like, what's going on? And I had younger siblings. It's like, you know, we're all in the same bedroom, in the same bed. You know, you can pile a bunch of kids in bed, you know? Yeah. It it would be blamed on a younger one because I couldn't possibly be the one bedwetting because I'm older and older kids don't bedwet. You know, you're past that. And And so that's when I finally said you know okay something has to stop so I I finally got up the courage to say I didn't want to go one time and that's all it took you know and then I didn't go and so like I that made it too being away from the situation made it easier to not have to talk about it or share it with anyone so it's like okay we'll just act like that didn't happen yeah and so as an adult what would you say you, you know, how did you end up processing this or what has God done to really bring healing for you? As an adult, I didn't realize how far I had buried it because I didn't even remember what had happened until I was an adult. You know, Um, there was a group of us adults and I was in my twenties then we were going to go camping and they said something about you know, getting our sleeping bags and tents. And all all of a sudden I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Like this flash of, oh, it triggered something triggered. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened? And I'm like, oh, and then I started thinking and thinking and overthinking. Right. Yeah. So I, I had repressed it for a lot of years. Uh, So it's, it's amazing what comes out later. And then you're, you're like, okay, now what do I do with that? And yeah, now looking back, I don't know what would have happened if I had told, you know, then. But now I, I look for signs when I hear people say things about things that their children are doing or something. These are things that other adults need to be mindful of what it could be a sign of. Because I think a lot of times the parents don't even know that these things are signs like, okay, something's going on, but they don't know that this is a significant sign of this type of activity. And they they don't even know to look for it because, of course, they're not expecting that that's happened to their child either. Right. And a lot of parents go into denial, too, if it is brought up. But let's say that a parent is noticing something and, and they're they're thinking something, you know, there might be something going on. Like if you go back to when you were a tween, how old were you when this was happening? I had to be like 10 or 11. Okay. So I wasn't even at the cusp of the, you know, the 13, yeah. almost a teenager, you know? Yeah. So if let's About say double digits, <laughs> yeah, let's say your parents did kind of catch on that there might be something going on. How would you have wanted them to 
to um, approach you or what, what what would you recommend for parents like that might suspect something's going on, how to approach their child? I know parents will always ask like if there's something going on or if there's something you want to talk about, but I don't always know that you're going to be that open to it. Right. Uh, you might be more open to tell someone else. So they might have other people who kind of ask some more intuitive type questions because sometimes, I mean, and two, you don't want to disappoint your parents. Yeah. So you, you know, and things like that, I think you don't know whether you caused anything at that, that young age, you know, like, okay, was there mm -hmm. something I did that I don't know I did? Right. You know, it's, you know, everybody wants to point fingers and you think that something has to cause something or there's a, you know, a cause and reaction thing when you're young. So you're thinking, okay, well, maybe there is something I did and I don't know I did it. Yeah. Do you think it's important to teach children that at a young age that if something happens to them, sexual abuse of some sort, that it's not their fault? Maybe that's I think so. I, I think I think we put so much shame in things Yeah. Um, that... You know, you know, you, you hear crazy things like, oh, don't don't cross your eyes. They'll stick that way. You know, yeah. <laughs> and kids take things very literally. Mm -hmm. So if you're you're they feel like they can't talk about these things. You know, they're like if they have strange feelings or something and, you know, they're like, oh, I, you know, like they're more embarrassed about it than and I don't know what parents can do and I don't have kids. So that's a hard thing too. You know, I have yeah. lost siblings and you notice when something's different, but it's hard to put your finger on if you don't know the signs. But like you said, a lot of people want to deny that, you know, like that couldn't be my child, you know? Yeah. And I, th I think one of the most important things, like my, my sister has kids and, you know, she just talks about keeping the communication open so yeah. to the point where your child doesn't shut down on you. Now, let's say you're the person that has rep repressed those those feelings and the pain and you know the abuse or whatever had happened from years ago and it's coming to the surface again. What's one piece of advice or encouragement that you have for someone like that? There's no shame in getting help. Amen. I did go. And I did. I went to a psychiatrist. I had some issues going on with depression and mm -hmm. which I didn't find out until later in life. My grandmother announced from her sickbed. Oh, yeah. The women in our life are all prone to melancholy. That's what they used to call it. Then. Oh, wow. It wasn't depression. And I was yeah. like, you know, had we known we could have been on looking out for these. Proactive. Signs. Oh, yeah. That. OK. If these things start to happen, I need to seek professional help. Yeah. And there's no shame in that. Um, it, you know, we can't handle everything all the time. And God didn't mean for us to be alone. So um, a lot of people have a lot of stigmas in their mind about getting psychiatric help. But you also don't hear about, like, you know, the crazy house anymore either. So, you know, people aren't put in institutions like they used to be and that type of thing. So, I think now it's becoming a more accepted form of treatment if you have to go for something. And so many people, they worry about being put on drugs that they'll never be off of or things like that. And so everybody's different. And so they need to, to hold on to that too. They may not need medication. I never needed medication. Okay. I had, 
a very open-minded doctor who was like, you know, these are your options. She goes, this is gonna, this is gonna band-aid it for a while to where you can deal. But do you want to learn your coping skills? Do you want to learn how to, you know, when these things come up, because there may be different things that trigger throughout your life that right. don't know that you've held, held in for so long. Yes. So, and yeah, there's no shame in getting help. And, and I completely agree. Like when I was at my rock bottom with my pornography addiction, I told my husband, I need help. I need counseling. And at first he was like resistant. He's like, Shelly, what will people think? You know, he was in youth ministry. And if people saw me walking in there, are they having marriage problems? And I was like, I don't care what other people think. I want to be free. I need help. And so, you know, there's no shame in it. Be yourself. Yeah. And I received so much help. I, I went to Christian counseling at the time and, you know, everyone has a different path, but I love that. I love that you say there's no shame in reaching out, getting help, talking about it. And so many times we just want to hold it in and, you know, keep it secret and private. And there's almost like a freedom just simply talking about it. And, you know, weight off your shoulders. Yes. Like I have been holding this for this many years. And finally, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm able to let go of this. So throughout all this process, and I know you have so many facets to your story. We could talk for hours, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but um, what's one scripture that really has meant a lot to you? One of my favorite scriptures, like I just mentioned, there's no shame. So the scripture I love is those who look to him are radiant. Mm. Their faces are never covered with shame. Oh. And that's Psalm 34, verse 5. I love that. I like, I got chills when you're reading that just because I know someone needs to hear that today. Like, you know, they need to hear that. Just repeat that verse one more time. <laughs> Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. <sighs> yes. Psalm 34, 5. Yeah. I love that. When we look to him, we're radiant. Our faces are never covered in shame. The enemy wants to keep us in that shame. And there is no shame in Christ. He has died for our shame, whatever's been done to us, whatever we have done, and we can give it to him. We can, we can be free of that and we can be healed. And so I know there's probably some people that have connected with you through your story. Is there a way they can contact you online? Yes. Uh, my website is kimshawkins.com. And I have a little tab on there that says, let's connect. Awesome. So, uh, Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And, you know, this is just such a great example how God can turn our mess into a masterpiece. Yes, absolutely. I am a masterpiece. Awesome. You are. And, you know, we are all a masterpiece when we bring our broken pieces to Jesus and allow him to create something beautiful. Now, I appreciate each one of you listening today. And if you have a powerful story or you know someone that has a powerful story that could be featured on this podcast, please apply at ShellyHits.com forward slash story. Thank you so much for being here and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Broken Crayons Still Color Podcast. We have a gift for you. Download Shelly's hand-drawn adult coloring pages, as well as printable scripture cards, and all the transcripts from this podcast at www.brokencrayonsbook.com. 
If today's story inspired you, please share it with a friend and leave us a comment on iTunes. We love hearing from you and your encouragement means the world to us. In closing, God is the artist and our lives are his canvas. What will you allow him to create from the broken pieces in your life? When you are in Christ, you are his masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece.